This is my Bible. I am what it says I am. I can have what it says I can have. Today, I'm ready to receive the incorruptible, ever-living seed of the Word of God. Come, Holy Spirit, have your way in my Come, Holy Spirit, have your way in my life. I'll never be the same again. Never, never, never. In Jesus' name, amen. Now your best shout ever. All right, I'll be reading from Ephesians 4, starting in verse 1. Therefore I, a prisoner for serving the Lord, beg you to lead a life worthy of your calling, for you have been called by God. Always be humble and gentle. Be patient with each other, making allowance for each other's faults because of your love. Make every effort to keep yourselves united in the spirit, binding yourselves together with peace. For there is one body and one spirit, just as you have been called to one glorious hope for the future. There is one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is over all, in all, and living through all. However, he has given each of us a special gift through the generosity of Christ. That is why the scriptures say, When he ascended to the heights, he led a crowd of captives and gave gifts to his people. Notice that it says, he ascended. This clearly means that Christ also descended to our lowly world. And the same one who descended is the one who ascended higher than all the heavens, so that he might fill the entire universe with himself. Now these are the gifts Christ gave to the church, the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, and the pastors and teachers. Their responsibility is to equip God's people to do his work and build up the church, the body of Christ. This will continue until we all come to such unity in our faith and knowledge of God's Son that we will be mature in the Lord, measuring up to the full and complete standard of Christ. Amen. You guys can be seated. Uh, first, I'm, I'm, I'm very thankful for Pastor, Pastor Mark and Miss Robin aren't here today, but, man, I'm thankful for them. Come on, could, could we just kind of give it up for them? Man, thankful for some good shepherds. And they hear it. When Pastor Mark watches it later, he'll hear your little clap. So. <laughs> we do. I'm thankful for Pastor Mark, and I'm, I'm thankful for good shepherds. I'd be a, a very lost sheep if it wasn't for a good shepherd, so thankful for them. Um, Ephesians chapter four, I, I, I've kind of been pondering this over the last few weeks and I, I've shared it, my thought that I'm going to share with you today with the middle school and high school students over the next few weeks. And, and, and this thought and my curiosity was sparked when Pastor Mark preached a really good message that needs no uh, addendum to it on first Corinthians chapter 12. I'm not trying to add to it, but I just want to share what has been brewing in my spirit in, in lieu of that, because in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, um, he, Paul writes about how we've all been given gifts, right? And we even talked about it earlier, 1 Corinthians 12, verse 7, that we've all been given gifts, and the gifts are be, being given to us for, uh, to be able to help other believers, to help other people. And, um, and he even prefaces the gifts with we're one church, one body, one spirit, one Jesus, 
Um, it's all one. And so here's the list of gifts. And then he lists out nine. And Pastor Mark talked about them really well. I encourage you to go listen to it. And just to summarize the nine, some of them were, you know, prophecy, words of knowledge, uh, faith, and, um, and I forgot the other ones, to be honest. So, <laughs> but they're there. And um, so then I, I began to just think like, okay, but I know another place where Paul encouraged the church with, with gifts, and that was in, in Ephesians chapter 4. So I, was, I wanted to know the difference and the similarities. And, and the cool thing is, is there's a lot of similarities in this chapter as there are in the church to Corinth. And he talks about we're one church, one body, one spirit, one Lord. And then he even says that it's the gifts are used. Uh, are given to everybody and to equip the church. But the, the list is different. The list is these five things, five gifts, and we're going to talk about them a little bit uh, here in a little bit, these five gifts. But I just wanted to know why were they different, and that's kind of what I want to land on today is why are these lists different, and then what do they have in common? Uh, and, and, and why would he say it's one church, one body, and we would have two different lists here, lists of two, two different sets of gifts if it's all one, still one body. Because the church in Ephesians is still the same church as in Corinth. And um, so let's dig into it. But before we do, I just have to make a confession. I just have to confess that I've sinned a little bit this week, and I just want to be very transparent and open with you. And my sin has been I watch the news. And by watching the news, I got very, very angry. Um, and I wanted to come out with guns blazing. And here's, and I'm just going to share with you what, what caused this stir up in my spirit is there, there was a video floating around the internet this week <clears throat> by a, a city-sanctioned choir of uh, homosexual men. And it's not the fact that they were homosexual that made me mad. It was what they were singing about. And this whole choir of homosexual men, they were singing about, you have so much hate in your heart. We are going to come for your kids. We are going to indoctrinate your kids. We're going to convert your kids. We're going to teach them to be inclusive. We're going to teach them to love. And then they're going to come back and they're going to teach you how to then be inclusive and accepting of our lifestyle. And now... Consequently, because your kids have been converted, you're going to be accepting of their lifestyle. And I'm not here to teach about whether homosexuality is good or bad or ugly or whatever. Uh, I'll just refer to the Bible on that one. But it made me mad because now you're not just living your lifestyle. You're not just, quote, uh, we want gay marriage. Okay, cool. No, now you're coming for the innocent. You're coming after the innocence of kids. You're coming after the innocence of the next generation and, 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 quote, trying to convert them to, I guess, your religion, your religion of, of, of pride and, and your religion of just selfishness, right? And so I'm mad now. Like, I'm like, dude, God, what do we need to do? Coming out, guns ablaze. I'm not saying violence, but spiritually speaking, like, I'm angry. <laughs> and I feel like I'm losing this battle because, God, you've given me a burden for the next generation. And 
I feel like I'm not even doing close to enough. Like these people are making videos that are going viral on the internet and I've got nothing to show for. I, I, I feel like I'm, I'm weak and apathetic and, 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 and not doing nearly enough and losing the battle. So at first I got angry with myself, then I'm angry with God, then I'm angry at the whole world, and then I'm just an angry person just driving down the road listening to the news and, and yelling and cussing and screaming. <laughs> like, God, what are we doing? And then God brought me to this, Ephesians chapter 4. Verse 1, he says, therefore, I, a prisoner, <laughs> which, which amazes me that Paul is writing to the churches and encouraging them locked up in chains <laughs> in, in a, you know, in this medieval type prison. And, and, and I would like to think romantically, like I would be as, as good as Paul was, like as spirit filled as Paul was. Like, I'm just going to, I'm locked here in chains, but I'm going to keep doing God's work by writing these letters and encouraging other believers to do uh, what God called them to do. No, that probably wouldn't be Ryan. Ryan would probably have the spirit of Jonah, like, mm, woe is me. Like the, <laughs> the Jonah or Eeyore, I guess. <laughs> mm, I'm just going to wither away here in the sun. God, you've abandoned me. Mm, I don't have air conditioning. Mm, where is my donut? Mm, I need some coffee. And I would just complain and wither away. <laughs> I would like to think, like, I would like to be able to stand up here and tell you, like, oh, if someone came and locked me up away for uh, spreading the gospel, like, I would be like Paul. I would be a prisoner of the Lord, and I beg you to keep on in the faith. But no, that, I would just kind of just wither away probably. But he, he says this, and this is kind of what hit me square between the eyes. He says, I beg you to lead a life worthy of your calling. So I just began to ask, like, God, what, is that, what, is that really, what does that really mean? Live a life worthy of my calling. And um, so the first thing that is kind of a question mark above my head is, well, well, first of all, if I'm going to live a life worthy of anything, what am I called to even do? What is my calling? And I think that's, that's really the big question mark like, that maybe a lot of us have in this room is, what am I called to do? And so he lays it out for us if we go to, uh, to verse 7, which I think is interesting. Just as, this is just me being weird that... This is verse 7, and it's really similar to 1 Corinthians 12, 7. And he says, however, I don't think there's anything magical about it. I just thought it was interesting. He says, however, he has given each one of us a special gift through the generosity of Christ. So who has he given a special gift? Who? Every one of us. All right, raise your hand if you're an everyone. All right, praise God. So if you are in everyone, you have been given a special gift through Jesus. And I think this special gift is equated to our calling. And so what is the gift? Well, let's keep going. Let's go down to verse 11. He says, now these are the gifts that Christ gave the church, the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, and the pastors, and the teachers. There's five of them, right? And if you were to Google this verse, you'd find the offices of the church. And, um, and so the, the thing that I love about this and that I've been thinking about is that it's, uh, 
is what in the world is an apostle, a prophet, evangelist, a pastor, or a teacher? What, what does that even mean? How, how does that even happen? And so the important thing to know is to go back to verse 9 is that the gift has been given to all of us. Meaning, I don't need a title. I don't need to be apostle so-and-so to be an apostle. I don't have to be prophetess uh, uh, whoever to, to be able to prophesy. I, I'm not, I don't have a doctorate degree or a theology degree or a seminary degree. I don't have a, a stage and a platform. My name isn't on the deed to the church. Uh, I, don't have a ministry, I don't have a YouTube ministry with uh, 7.3 followers. That's just 7.3 total, not million. But just 7... <laughs> To be, to be one of these things. I don't have to know how to, to set up the social media influencer, hashtag this, hashtag that, to, be, uh, to have a gift. No, all I have to be is a somebody to have a gift. Each one of these were given to us. So then, so then if I've been given a gift, then what have I been given? But to understand what we've been given, we have to understand what the gifts are, the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors, and the teachers, because I think our, some of our examples that are well-known in the, in the Christian church world it, have been a little bit misconstrued to, to limiting to the YouTube preachers and to the social media influencers and to the, quote, pastors or apostles or prophet so-and-so and uh, turn on the TV and it's... Um, someone telling you if you buy their purple cloth for 12 easy payments of 1999, then you'll get a word from and a healing from God, right? So it's been widely misconstrued, and because it's been misconstrued, well, I don't want to have anything to do with these five things. I'm just going to come sit at church, check my good Christian box, and move along in life. But obviously, we can't afford that luxury to just come check our Christian box anymore and move along with life because. The, the other side of the coin is with the opposite of the kingdom of God. The kingdom of this earth is advancing really, really, really rapidly. So rapidly that they even say that in conservative homes that, you, that your kids are not safe from propaganda that uh, like this men's choir put out this week. Even in your own home. So... The kingdom of darkness is advancing so quickly without you even knowing it. Our kids are finding out about this stuff. And I'm not saying to put them in a bubble and protect them from it. But if somebody doesn't lay out the truth, somebody else will. You know the old saying, first lie wins. And so the luxury of just sitting and checking our box, is, I think those days are just about over. So I wanted to encourage you with what, uh, and I'm going to just preface this, uh, the next few moments of, this is not the wisdom of Ryan. This is the wisdom of Pastor Mark. That me and Pastor Mark were, were driving down the road, and he has been thinking about this for a long time. And um, so we were talking about this verse a couple of years ago, driving back from lunch. And uh, he said, you know, to really understand the, what the apostle, the prophet, the evangelist, the pastor, and the teacher is, he said, well, let me just paint a picture. And that's the picture that I want to paint for you. He said, well, let's just pretend that we're going to throw a carnival here at Believer's Church. And you have the bouncy house and the games and the cotton candy and the hot dogs and the Cokes and the popcorn. And then uh, 
And it's a happening carnival, right? You have all the great things going on. He says, but you need people to run each station. You need people to run the popcorn. You need people to run the hot dog stand. You need people to run the, 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 um, the games and the bouncy house. You need people to take tickets as they come in. You need, you, need, you need to have people operating all those things. So how do you know the right person will, will be at each of those stations? So he began to paint this picture using these uh, five offices or these five gifts. He says, at the bouncy house, that's where you want the prophet. You want the prophet to run the bouncy house because the prophet sees everything as black and white. There's no gray area. There's no maybe. There's no, uh, but your feelings say. It's, this, is, this is how it is and what it's going to be, the prophet because the prophet can look a kid that's been standing in line and they have this glow and this look in their eyes like, I'm going to get to go on the bouncy house. I've been waiting for this moment for at least three and a half minutes. I can't wait to get on the bouncy house. And, 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 and lo, the, the people, please, you know, the people or the, the people's elbow on them. just like, pop, pop. <laughs> that's what kids be doing on the bouncy house, I think. <laughs> And uh, so you need the prophet because they can look a kid in the eye and say, you got your waiver sign? And they're like, no, mm, sorry, back of the line until you get the waiver and not even care about the kid's emotions or anything. All right, you got to take your shoes off. Oh, you don't want to take your shoes off? Sorry, you're not going on the bouncy house. And they can go screaming and crying to mom. And they're not even phased, not one bit. I mean, they still love you. They still care about you. They're still compassionate. But no, this is black and white. This is what the rules say. We're not going to have no. Uh, we're not going to have no lawsuit on our hands. Have a good day. So you want the prophet running the bouncy house. Then over at the games, you want a teacher. You want someone that can really teach, impart understanding to run the games. I'm talking about you know that somebody that will take some time. And really just help you understand how you can win the game. Be the best you. All right, first, you're going to take the softball. And then you want to position your feet where you're headed right towards the milk jugs. All right, you see the milk jugs? All right, the goal is you want to knock them all down. So this is how you're going to do it. You want to keep your eyes steady. All right, you're going to take and you're going to point. And then you're going to come through. And then when you release the ball about right here, and then you're going to follow through and point all the way down. And you're going to knock down all the milk jugs. And, and then, okay, over here. All right, see the little magnet? You're going to take the magnet, and it's tied to this little fishing pole, and you're going to just go over, and you're just going to, oh, until you feel the little tug, and that means you got a little fish, the little, you know, magnetic fish thing. You ever played that game? That was fun. All right, the dart. All right, you got to be careful with the dart. It's sharp. You can take somebody's eye out. And they're going to impart wisdom and knowledge and take time and make sure you have complete and total understanding to be the best winner. Then over, you know, the hot dogs and the Cokes and the, the popcorn and the cotton candy. This is where you want a pastor. You want a pastor running this stand because a pastor is going to make sure that you are good, that you have all of your, your condiments, that your hot dogs to the best standard. If it's not, they're going to make it right. They're going to eat with you because even if you're like, I don't want to get fat. No, don't worry. I'm getting fat with you. They're going to talk to you. They're going to ask you about your life. They're going to they're gonna eat five, six cotton candies with you. They're going to make sure that you have enough to take home to your family and feed them for the next six weeks. They're, going to, they're just going to make sure that you are good to go. And then while you're doing it, even though you know it's wrong, they're going to make sure you feel good. Not that it's wrong to eat cotton candy, but, you know, a lot of it may not be so good. And then the evangelists. The evangelists are running around asking the question, 
Who in the world isn't here yet? Who doesn't know about the carnival? Who needs to be here? How are we going to get here? How are we going to tell them about it? How are we going to get more people here? Because this carnival, the thing is happening. It's awesome, but I don't care who's here. I just am worried about who's not here. And then the apostle, probably the most misunderstood one, is the, it, the apostle is the builder, the dreamer. They're the one who woke up at 2 o'clock in the morning saying, it would be awesome if we had a carnival. And then they began to think, oh, we need a bouncy house. And we need games. Oh, man, games would be awesome. And then over here on this side of the property, this is where we can do the hot dogs. And then, and then to do the hot dogs, we need to have a grill. And then to have a grill, we need to have a grill master. And then to have a grill master, I have to have the right person. And then over here, we need to have marketing. And we need to have somebody to, to tell them. We need to take tickets. We need to have a ticket booth. And, and, then, and, then, and so they're building and dreaming and orchestrating the whole thing. So the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors, and the teachers. And so I began to ask myself, am I living a life worthy of my calling? Well, first, what am I called to do? Well, you don't want Ryan running the bouncy house. Because Ryan is going to be like, little Johnny, it's all right. You don't have your waiver sign. Get right on up. We'll worry about the lawsuit later. Don't even worry about breaking an arm. If you break an arm, we'll pray for you, brother. And then you don't really want me to, to be building the thing because I'm, I'm just going to be the guy that's like, eh, it'll happen when it happens. Eh, it's just all going to work out. Ah, oh, praise God. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I'm not, or, I'm not the one orchestrating all the details and pulling things together and dreaming. I'm just like, ah, eh, it's all good, man. It's going to happen. And then you don't want me running the games. Because I'm just going to be, you don't even have to play the game. I'm just going to give you the tickets. <laughs> you showed up, man. Good job. So I just began to ask God, well, well what do you have me, what, what have you gifted me to do? And I was like, I know. I'm the hot dog man. Because the hot dog man, man, I will eat to death with you until we can't even eat no more. And I'll talk with you and, 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 and hang out with you and make sure everything's good because I'm the relational guy. But then at the same time, you don't want the prophet over there. I've had prophets run the hot dog stand. And that's really no fun for anyone because they're keeping a tally. Oh, well, Pastor Gene got one hot dog and he can't have another hot dog because we only have one, one, per, one, one hot dog per person and only three ounces of ketchup, not an ounce more, because we have to make sure that everybody gets an ounce of ketchup. Have you ever been to a church function where the prophet was handing out the food? It's not fun. It's not even fun for them. They are miserable too. <laughs> <laughs> They're stressing like, oh my gosh, we're going to run out. We're going to run out of hot dogs. So you have to, we've all been given a gift to help one another. And that's what he says in verse 12. In verse 12, he says, we've been given these gifts. He says, these gifts, if you have one of these gifts, it's their responsibility. Their, meaning the pastors, the prophets, the, the, the evangelists, the teachers, the, the apostles. It's their gift to equip God's people to do his work and to build up the church, the body of Christ. So I can no longer just sit here as a relational person. Now I have a responsibility to equip the body of Christ. So who's the body of Christ? Is it just the people that sit in this room? I think, yes, that's a part of it. We are obviously the body of Christ. We've come to know Jesus. We've been set free. And Paul tells us that we're the body of Christ. But, but then what about people that 
aren't here yet, that aren't the body of Christ yet, are they the body of Christ too? Because they will be here and they'll get saved, but how will they come and be a part of the body of Christ if I'm not equipping the body of Christ? So I, I think my opinion is, is that people that aren't here yet, but that are living what we talked about earlier, bound up by sin, bound up by, like, you know, we prayed for Bobby. He's bound up by, by death, that they too are the body of Christ. In fact, if we back up, we're not going to go there, but back up to Ephesians chapter 2, that's what he said. He said, we were all zombies. That's Ryan's translation. He said, we were all dead and trespassing, walking dead, and in our sin, but God, Rich in his mercy because of the grace of Jesus has raised us up to a new life and made us alive in Christ. So even though we're sitting here a part of the body of Christ, we weren't a part of the body of Christ, because, but we are now because somebody, a prophet, a teacher, an evangelist, a pastor, or an apostle came and then made you because they equipped you to be a part of the body of Christ. So that, this is what I wanted to challenge you with today that we are to, we have a responsibility to equip God's people. And I think where we've lost the battle is that we've made it into, it's our responsibility to entertain God's people. That we just come, we check our box, and man, I'm good to go. And so my, my thought, this is my opinion, is that when you're sitting in this room on Sunday morning, that you yourself are being equipped, that Pastor Mark comes, Pastor Robin, she comes, and we leave and we come to get equipped and we leave equipped as pastors, as prophets, as teachers, as evangelists to, to go and then equip the rest of the body of Christ. Does that make sense? So now it's not just Sunday morning. It's not just Pastor Mark up here uh, 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 owning our 50 feet. No, now we have a responsibility and not only a responsibility, you have been empowered with a gift. You have been empowered to be a pastor, meaning relational, that, that, that man, you just take time to, to really take time and talk to people and befriend people. As I look around the room, I, I see Mr. Marty. Mr. Marty will tell me all the time, oh man, I was in Home Depot and I just, God gave me this word for somebody and man, I just chatted with her and, and that's what he... I'm picking on you, Mr. Marty, but, but he says to me, he says, he goes around to people all the time. Hey, I just want to be your friend. Can I get your number? That's because pastor, that God has made Marty a pastor. He's given him the gift to be a pastor, right? And, and, and I just look around the room, and, 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 and Mama June is a, is a great teacher, man. She'll teach the mess out of anything. And you don't have understanding, and you need to get understanding. You need to be taught about something. You need to see Mama June. You don't know how to change your oil? Come see Mama June. You want to know about the baptism of the Holy Spirit? Come see Mama June. And she'll teach the mess out of it. <laughs> I was talking uh, to somebody between, uh, between services, and I said, you know, we, we've really misconstrued the gifts. That, that they've been really twisted. Like, and so I just want to encourage you that maybe you've had dreams to build businesses and write books and orchestrate things. And you just think, ah, maybe not. But that's the apostle that God has put inside of you. The gift of being an apostle to build things and bring people together. And, and we need people to do that so that the kingdom of God, so that God's people can be equipped. 
Man, maybe you have a desire to, to be a TikTok star and to, and to be famous and to sing. Man, we've twisted that up to, to be ourself. But maybe God has made you an evangelist. To say, man, I really need to get out there. And an evangelist isn't coming on uh, one Sunday a year and preaching a, a, a message full of tweetable quotes. That's not an evangelist. An evangelist is that is man having a burden for who does not know about the freedom and the love of Jesus Christ. And they're always that. That's Miss Ann. Miss Ann is, is she man. She she be she be out there two times a week feeding food to people. Why? Because she knows if I can get food out there, I can get those that aren't here to come in, and she will pray the mess out at you. Because she's an evangelist, she's always worried about who's not here yet. So what the enemy tried to twist and make you do a gift for yourself, maybe God is trying to pull out of you to use for his kingdom. That it's not a bad idea to, to, to want to be a TikTok star. Because Mr. Omar... You could kill it on TikTok. <laughs> Just playing. <laughs> uh, <laughs> sorry. So, but, but we made it to be like, oh, I don't want to. The religion in us tells us, ah, I don't want to be about myself. And no, God is pulling it out of you and use it for his kingdom. God, ask the question, God, how can I equip others? Better question Let's go back to verse 1. Better question is, God, am I living a life worthy of what you called me to do? God, am I living a life worthy of what you called me to do? So, wherever you see yourself out in, the, at, in this carnival, I encourage you to ask that question and then walk boldly. If you are relational be relational. If you're a teacher, teach on and be, and be bold about teaching. If you are worried about who's not here, come on, get bold and get to work and live a life worthy of your calling. If you have dreams and visions and you, and you don't even know how it's going to get orchestrated and come to life and happen, but you feel like, man, I got a business inside of me. I got a book inside of me. I got a song inside of me. I got, I got, I got ministry inside of me. Come on, let's get to work and let's live a life worthy of your calling. Like Paul, I beg you, I'm not in prison chains. I'm I'm on a stage in an air-conditioned basement, uh, not a basement, air-conditioned church, but I'm going to still beg you, come on, because they're coming after our kids now. Live a life worthy of your calling. So how does this relate to what Pastor Mark preached in the nine gifts, the gifts of prophecy, gifts of faith, words of knowledge, gifts of tongues, interpretation of tongues? Here's my opinion. And uh, if you want to disagree, you can take me out to Fogo de Chao. <laughs> Pastor Mark, he'll settle for, he'll settle for Monterey's. I'm going to shoot high. <laughs> I mean, right? <laughs> but if you want to do McDonald's, I'm cool with that too. Here's how I see that these two relate. These two lists of gifts is that that these five that we see here in verse 11, pastors, prophets, teachers, evangelists, apostles, that that is a, a, a mode to walk in, relationship, teaching, that, it, that it's a mode to walk in, that, that it's a characteristic of who, what, who God created you to be. 
And, and, and that characteristic has been inside of you since the moment you were born. That, that, that we can even see how this translates to, to people that are, that are not even in the church. You know, we can see how Elon Musk can be an apostle. We can see how, you know, Steve Jobs could probably be a good teacher, right? We can see how, uh, how these people can, how everybody of the world can operate in one of these five gifts. Because God did create them, right? And, um, but the gifts that are, are mentioned to the church in Corinth and in 1 Corinthians 12, that those are gifts of the spirit that they're, that, that, for lack of a better word, and I apologize for the analogy, but it's kind of like a, a, a boost. Like, have you ever played Mario Kart? Anyone play Mario Kart in here? All right. Thank you for playing Mario Kart. But on Mario Kart, when you're going and then you see these little, uh, arrows in the, in the track and you hit them and it kind of like makes you propel forward. A little bit faster. And that's kind of what the gifts of the spirit are, the gifts of prophecy and words of knowledge and faith that they, they empower each one of these gifts. Whether you're a pastor, you can have a word of knowledge. If you, if you're a teacher, you can have a prophetic word. If you, if you are an apostle, you can have a gift of faith. And that just propels you to be more powerful or more confident in who God designed you to be, whether you're an apostle, a prophet, a teacher, an evangelist, or a pastor. Amen? Amen? So, let's get to work. So, in order to do that, not on our own strength, but on the strength that Jesus gave us, we're going to come and we're going to take communion. And uh, that's what I would like for you when you come and take communion. I would just really like you to ponder, God, how can I be more aware of what you're doing in my life? And more potent and a more dangerous prayer is, God, how can I live a life worthy of what you've called me to do? How can I live a life worthy of what you've called me to do? So if you don't mind, if you stand to your feet, I'm gonna pray for you. Thank you so much for joining us on the Believer's Church YouTube channel. If you would like more information about Believer's Church, you can visit mybelieverschurch.com. If there is anything that you need prayer for, please email us at Amen at mybelieverschurch.com. Be sure to check back next week for a brand new message.